welcome to the Wolverine Digest podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Bryan. I was going to start by saying go blue. Yeah. Well, there you have it. There you have it. Just want to start by saying go blue back on a Wednesday night. Feels pretty good. Still dealing with some technical difficulties over here on my end. Getting a little sick of it. But I think we're good, dude. I think we're good. I don't I don't know what happened. I was just discussing it with you. Something about it changed when we when we went live from the RV and I didn't have my headset. When I had to change some remember, we didn't have audio at all when that started because it was still trying to get sound from my headset. There was no headset. So then I switched it. Now that I've switched it back, I don't know. Chris, Yo, how about how about how about Sean Bennett tuning in from a Mexican restaurant? Can we give Sean Bennett some love here from a Mexican wow. restaurant? That's I mean, that's Get what the it's tamales, all about right brother. There. Get the tamales. You know how fitting because it's going to be a spicy, spicy show. All right, <laughs> all right. Um, no, appreciate everybody who's jumping in here right now. Um, and hopefully it does sound good. Like I said, what up, Chris Jamie said the Quick? audio sounds fine on his end, but for some reason it's messed up on my end. I don't know. Whatever. We'll we'll get through it, and I think it'll be uh, it'll be just fine. All right. Um, gonna fade out the music and jump right into a couple of topics. We're gonna talk about maybe like two things, just two you know two random topics that popped up today. Not that one of them didn't pop up today. One of them has been around for a while, but I just keep hearing it and hearing it and hearing it, and it bothers me. And so we're going to get into that one. And then the other one did pop up today from our media availability with defensive line coach Mike Elston and running backs coach Mike Hart. We're going to get into that. And then from there on out, it's it's you guys. It's fan-led questions. So fan if you've got Wednesday, questions, baby. hold off on them for now because they're going to get they're going to get pushed up to the top of the list and we'll never see them. So don't start submitting questions until we're ready to take them because otherwise we we won't see them and they'll get lost in the wash. All right. First topic, Chris. I mean, I think we'd be doing a disservice if we don't at least mention the quarterback battle a little bit, even though nothing new has really happened. We know JJ's getting the start Saturday against Hawaii. Looks like the weather's going to cooperate now, right? I know yeah, you were a little, yeah. a little worried about that at first, but it looks good now. Here's what's bothering me. We've talked about this many times before. We don't dislike Cade McNamara. We simply think the offense could reach higher heights with J.J. McCarthy. It looked like it on Saturday. We've, we even thought it for a large part of the season last year. That's all it is. That's, that's really all it is. I think J.J. McCarthy is a better all-around athlete and football player. That's it. I, I don't dislike Cade. I don't want to. Oh, <laughs> he won the Big Ten last year, but now he's not good enough. No, no. That. Where the hell did that come from? Who said that? It's that there's another player on the roster that I think is going to be better. That's per, that's really all it is. But the problem that I have with this this battle and the way it's playing out is the way that I keep hearing people classify it like this. And tell me if this just bothers the hell out of you because it really does to me. I can't believe Jim Harbaugh would turn his back on Cade McNamara. Well, let me get let me ask you something. Is he his dad? Dropping him off at the soup kitchen, at the foster child house, at the at the orphanage, or is he a football coach trying to put the best damn player on the field? Where is this turn his back? Like, okay, Cade played well last year, and JJ McCarthy was a true freshman, wasn't quite ready. So just because Cade was like pretty decent last year, 
he has to play him, even though there's a much better player waiting in the way. Like, what the hell is that? Where, where did this narrative come from that Jim Harbaugh is turning his back on Cade McNamara and doing some terrible disservice to him by playing JJ McCarthy. Now, if he's ready, I don't understand where this came from. It, it comes from fans who are overly emotional and, and I guess, and, and, and even from some analysts, I mean, I think I heard a guy from on three talking about, you know, if you're Jim Harbaugh, I just, I don't see how you turn your back on Cade McNamara. And it's, that's, yeah. that's not what this is. It's not an emotional decision. You're right. Uh, Cade is not his son. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's job is to put the best players on the football field to make sure that Michigan has the best chance to win a football game. And if that's J.J. McCarthy and it's not Cade McNamara, it's not because of some sort of like emotional reaction or because people hate Cade McNamara because they want to, you know, throw him out with the trash. It just so happens that there might be somebody behind him. It looks like there is who's quite a bit better on Saturdays. And, and I really hate that, man. I hate the idea. It's been a growing narrative for a while now that, you know, there seems to be this push against Cade. And I just... I can't make it any more clear that I don't think anybody in the media market or in the fan base is against Cade McNamara. There just happens to be a substantial portion that believes JJ McCarthy can take the team to greater heights. I don't, you know, this is big boy shit. We talked about this before Cade, Cade McNamara said it, said it himself that he's developed a callus for things like this. These guys are making NIL deals. They're playing big time division one power five football. Look at the cream of the crop will rise to the top. And I was at that press conference yesterday, listening to JJ McCarthy talk. And if he had, if you could, there was like electricity running on, you could just see the guy was amped up for Saturday. He's ready to go. I'm just ready for it, man. I'm ready to see it, but it has absolutely nothing to do with, uh, with, with slandering Cade McNamara and Mike, Mike Marchini. If I got that right from Facebook, yeah, tired of the QB talk. I think a lot of people are. And the good news is uh, after Saturday, I, we'll still be talking about quarterbacks, but it won't be in terms of a controversy. I'm absolutely going to call him Mike Marchini. I'm positive that's not how it's pronounced, but it sounds way funnier, <laughs> so that's what I'm going to go with. Um, Chris, you were down on the field on Saturday. Was yeah. Did Cade McNamara get booed? Like actively get booed? Because if he okay, I, listen, listen. If he's getting booed, that that doesn't need to happen. I, I I will put my foot down on that and say that doesn't need to happen. He wasn't very good but he doesn't need to be booed. If there is actually a section of the fan base that says they really can't stand him or they dislike him or they're going to boo him because he throws an incomplete pass, like that's, that doesn't need to happen. That's, that's too far. But I I don't think there's anything wrong with saying I'd rather have JJ because I think he's a better football player. Period. That's it. It's that simple. That's not mean. Yeah. That's not vindictive. That's not turning your back on Cade. That's calling a spade a spade. I think he's better. We're going with him. I don't know why that's so difficult for some people to compute. It just seems weird to me. I mean, there might've been a few bur- boo birds out. I, you know, I was, I was on all ends of the field. I was walking around. I could obviously hear some of the things that were being said in the, in the crowd. And and I can tell you that I, I, it wasn't, I think there's just an overall frustration because there seems to be, well, look at, I went back and rewatched the game today and I'll just say, based on rewatching the game, the offense, even though they they put up yards and move the ball with Cade McNamara behind center. The offense looks like it's running in mud. Like you can see the talents there, but it struggles to get up and running. As soon as JJ McCarthy came in, everything just flowed forward. The ball was moving forward. It was like poetry in motion. Now, granted, 
It's against Colorado State. It's in the second half. We'll see what it looks like, you know, in Big Ten play. But hey, okay. Cade McNamara was Cade McNamara. You were going to say we'll see what it looks like this week. No, no, no. Like, wow. we'll, we'll see. No, we'll see what it looks like in Big Ten play. But you know, Cade McNamara was playing against the same opposition that JJ McCarthy mm-hmm. was, and it couldn't have been more clear to me that the offense just ran more efficiently with JJ behind center. I mean, the numbers back that up. Yeah, and I think I read it on Monday's podcast, but the you know the idea was to let Cade kind of open it up a little bit and he couldn't, he couldn't do it. I mean, you saw the first two, three, four throws, you know, one hit Cornelius Johnson in the knees. The other one was wide and outside. The other one was off his back shoulder. He couldn't catch. I mean, he had three or four pretty blatant misses. You know, the almost interception was, was kind of a combination of the tight end tripping and stumbling. And then I, you know, I, whatever that wasn't completely. I li- listen Cade, but- again, because it's fresh in my mind. There were three passes to Cornelius Johnson, consecutive passes to Cornelius Johnson. One that Cade threw at his feet, Cornelius could have caught it, but it was at his feet. One was on an out route where I think he threw it too far outside. And another was on a crossing route where he threw it behind Cornelius. And after that one, you could see the frustration on Cornelius Johnson where he sort of threw up his hands. I don't know. You know, it wasn't a gesture towards Cade, so I don't want to put it out there, but it was just a general frustration. Like, damn it, I was open. Like, the ball's got to be put in a better spot. And so going back to what this whole week one thing was, this was his audition. This was his opportunity to go out and slam the door on the entire quarterback controversy against a team that, quite frankly, Cade McNamara should be able to do that. If he's playing at the level that you know he should be playing at, a team like Colorado State shouldn't really pose much of a much of an issue, and it just looked like the offense was struggling a little bit to get up and running. It didn't look like that when JJ came in the game. Like I said, everything just moved forward. Everything was constant forward motion. The, here was the text. I think I read it on Monday, but if I didn't, that's good to hear. And if I did, well, we're we're talking about it again. The game plan was designed uh, on Saturday for Cade to get into a rhythm early, short throws, easy throws, right? Little out route. Cornelius sits down in his zone. Little uh, little ten yard out, winged it out of bounds. Little crossing pattern, threw it off his back. Those are those are easy throws. Th- those were not difficult throws for a quarterback to make, and he missed all three. Um, the the plan was to get Cade into a rhythm early, and for Michigan to take some shots downfield after that. Uh, it was not a manage the game expectation, but a chance to really go out there and show that he can be a playmaker. And Cade fell flat. That that's what I was told. Believe it if you want. I believe it. I know where it came from. I know who said it, and I believe it 100%. And if again, you we talked about it all week leading up to it. Jim Harbaugh publicly said, Cade's going to start game one. JJ's going to start game two. They both get a chance to go out there and show what they're made of and show what they can do, and Cade fell flat. And then, you know, when you factor in that he is a zero threat running the ball, I you know, it just comes back to JJ's just a better player. And that's it. That's all, that's all it's got to be. You don't need to get your panties in a bunch. You don't need to get all twisted up. It just comes down to playing ball, man. That's that's really all it is for me. So this this storyline of like Harbaugh is doing some huge disservice and just being so, you know, nasty to Cade McNamara is just lost on me. It's like tell me you've never played sports without saying you've never played sports. Like the better people right. play, that's it. And I think we've shown, uh, you know, as much as anybody, our willingness to be you know, critical of either Michigan or Jim Harbaugh when, when we feel that it's warranted. And, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that, that 
you know, they're questioning why this is happening. They think it's a stupid move. I think it's a great move by Jim Harbaugh. I think it's a phenomenal move. I think he had two quarterbacks that were making a solid case during fall camp, didn't have an answer by the end of it, and said, you know what? We know we're going to win these first two games. Let's see what these guys do in live action. And and what else would you want from a head coach? To me, it shows, look, it, it says more more than anything else, it says that Jim Harbaugh is not content with the way things went last year. We all think last year was a success beating Ohio State, winning a Big Ten championship, getting to the college football playoff. But Jim Harbaugh is not content with repeating that. And, and he could roll with Cade and very easily be 11-0 heading into Columbus and with a chance to repeat the same exact playbook as what happened last year. But I think he thinks that there's more in the tank with J.J. McCarthy. A lot of people think that. And that's why you're seeing this first two week first two weeks play out the way they are. And man, is Saturday night going to be fun? Is there going to be yeah. some intrigue in the stadium? Is there going to be yeah. some electricity in the big house on Saturday night? You think? Yeah, it's going to be sweet. And the last thing, and then we'll close the book on this one a little bit, move on to something else. Um, I was talking to you about this on the phone in 2017, Kelly Bryant and the Trevor Lawrence situation was a lot like this. Kelly Bryant 2017 led Clemson to a 12 and two record. They won the ACC. And they lost in the first round of the playoffs to the eventual national champion. The following season, 2018, Kelly Bryant was the starter for four games. And then Dabble Sweeney sat him down and started the true freshman superstar phenom, Trevor Lawrence. And they went on to win the college football playoff that year. Now, I'm not saying J.J. McCarthy is the lead. You know, he's going to lead them to a title this year. But that it's, dude, 12-2, and two, conference champ, losing the first round to the college football champion, eventual. That's exactly what Michigan just did. 12 and 2, won the Big 10, lost to Georgia in the first round. The next year they come back, Cade gets a start, JJ goes from then on out and then it's his deal. It's exactly what they did with Trevor Lawrence, the same exact thing. Now, Cade or uh, JJ's not quite the recruit that Trevor Lawrence was. I mean, some were calling him the best football, you know, recruit since John Elway. I mean, that's you know, number 1 overall pick in the draft. Looks like he's going to play in the NFL for a really long time. I understand slightly different it was only four games into his freshman season. Now we're talking about JJ's second game of his sophomore season, but the the similarities are are they're right there. And I I don't remember. I mean, granted, we're not in the Clemson market. I don't know. I don't remember Dabble Sweeney just getting shit on all over the place for this for, well, for doing he, something just like that. Kelly Bryant ended up transferring yeah. halfway through the year. After that fourth week, he left school. And little known fact: Did you know this, Chris? Tell me what would be talked about if Jim Harbaugh did this little number. Kelly Bryant left after the fourth game because he lost his starting job, transferred to Missouri. Clemson went on to win a national title that year. Dabble Sweeney chose not to give him a ring. Made the mindful decision to not give Kelly Bryant the ring because he transferred it from a school. I don't hate the decision. He left his team. I get it. But can you imagine if Cade transfers and the Michigan wins a title and Jim Harbaugh well, doesn't give him a ring? Oh my God, he'd be the, he'd look, be the he'd be Satan himself on the sideline. As as we're talking through this, it, it just occurred to me. Yeah, th there's the narrative out there, like you know uh, that Harbaugh's turning his back on Cade. Can it also not be true that Harbaugh is doing everything he can to give Cade McNamara a legitimate opportunity to keep his job? Yeah. I mean, we know what, we well, know what JJ McCarthy, that's what I'm saying. Like there is also the possibility, you know, people want to paint Jim Harbaugh as this guy turning his back on Cade. There is also the possibility that Jim Harbaugh is doing everything he can to give Cade McNamara the opportunity to hold on to this job. And Cade, when he was given the opportunity last weekend, 
didn't take full advantage of it. And so I just, you know, I don't like the narrative. You don't like the narrative, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the situation is. It's not about turning your back on anybody. It's about playing the best guy. And I think last week we got a taste of what that is. And I think this weekend we're going to get a bigger sample size of it. And then from there, we don't have to talk about this shit anymore. It's just now yeah. we're talking about what the offense looks like with a guy like JJ McCarthy behind center. So there you go. Boom. Close the door. We'll shut it up for now. You know, like we said, we'll be back on Friday with a bigger focus on, uh, you know, the game itself, the predictions, the other stuff that we talk about. And that'll pretty much be it. We know JJ's starting. We'll all watch it Saturday. We'll certainly have something to talk about in post game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and I can't wait for that moment. But before then, we got to finish this show up. We got another one on Friday, a pregame show on Saturday. We got a lot to talk about, but I, I'm sure the Cade and JJ stuff will come back up again, but we'll we'll put a bow in that for now. All right, the 100%. second topic before we get into fan-led questions, I found this interesting today, Chris, and for for several different reasons. Um, I okay, Mike Hart spoke to the media today. He kind of grabbed the headlines by saying, "Quote: I don't recruit stars. I recruit good players," and he meant stars as in like four and five star guys. And, and he didn't mean like he, he won't recruit them. He just doesn't, he doesn't hang everything he does on going after the biggest fish in the pond and the only the four and five star guys. And immediately as a former recruiting guy, and you could kind of feel the, you could kind of feel the vibe in the room and everyone was like, Ooh, I don't know if he should have said it like that. It just, but then he, he spoke and he spoke and he spoke about the reasons why he said it and the things that he does look for and all the stuff that kind of fe- that kind of fed into his philosophy on the recruiting trail and it's pretty hard to argue now the the whole the crowd that says stars don't matter they're they're wrong flat out i mean like there's a reason georgia alabama ohio state clemson are in the playoff like every year i mean it's it's clear you go out and get the four and five star guys they're better than everyone else you win games i mean it's not it's not rocket science not all of them pan out it's not it's not completely black and white but it's you got to get talent but with Mike Hart, he started out at Eastern Michigan. He was at Western Michigan. He was at Syracuse. He was at Indiana. And he said, my previous stops, I couldn't recruit five-star guys. I couldn't do it. So he learned a formula, and he he figured out ways to get effective, talented backs in his program, develop them, teach them, coach them up, and get a lot of production out of it. I know for a fact he did really well with his backs at Western Michigan and Indiana. I don't remember specific examples from Eastern and Syracuse, but at Western and at Indiana, he had some studs dudes that made it to the league. Like he did a really good job there. And now he's Michigan's running back coach. He got hired about a month after Donovan Edwards. So he wasn't involved in that recruitment. So, so far, all he's brought to campus is CJ Stokes, who actually looked pretty damn good on Saturday, six carries for 35 yards. And now he's got commitments in place from Cole Cabana, the local kid from Dexter and Benjamin Hall, lightly recruited guy from Georgia with not a very big off list, three-star kid. Cole Cole Cabana is a four-star in some places, and C.J. Stokes was also a three-star. So I say all of that. I'm going to play the clip real quick. It's only about a minute long of what Mike Hart said, how he said it, some of the other explanations that he had, and then I want to get Chris's take as a a non-recruiting guy, a guy who didn't pay near as close to attention as recruiting that I did for a job for six or seven years and just kind of see – you know, where we both fall on this thing. You guys know this recruit guys that I'm not, I don't recruit stars, if that makes sense. I, I recruit good players or try to recruit good players. And uh, he's a kid that was under recruited who uh, 
had great film, was fast, had track times, um, ran the ball hard, ran through people, um, could show that he, you know, show that he can catch the ball. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's just who he is as a person. And um, you talk about a kid who is, who's, has a strong mind, who's confident in himself, who's not afraid of competition, um, a kid that you know is gonna have success in the long run and wants to be great. Like, you have to have kids that wanna be great. Some kids like the recruiter. He wasn't a kid that you had to call every day. You know, he's a kid that knew who he was, you know, and just that self-motivation. And um, those are the kids, you know, the Blake Corns, the Donovan Edwards, those are kids that show up, that work every day, you don't have to worry about. We're gonna go to class, we're gonna take care of those things. And those things are more important to me as a coach. Um, the kids who are ranked five stars because they go to a big school and, you know, they may not be that good. So. That's kind of just my recruiting philosophy personally. All right. So, again, you think about Mike Hart's own personal experience and, and background of how he was as a player, where he came from, his previous jobs, and now he's at Michigan where he could recruit anybody he wanted, but he kind of – it almost sounds like he's choosing to not even go that route. I, you know, I don't know, man. I find myself – I find myself really kind of being able to understand both sides here. Like, no, dude, you can't say that. You got to go after the best of the best of the best. I don't care how many times you got to call them. That's your job, coach. Call them every hour if you need to, to get the best player in the country. On the flip side, I know what he's done. I know where he comes from. I know what works for him. I don't know, man. When you hear me say all of that stuff and then you watch Mike Hart speak, where do you fall on this? Because there are some analysts out there who cover recruiting that think Mike Hart has, has done a poor job recruiting that position uh, maybe i don't know maybe it's maybe it's just that i'm in a good mood maybe it's maybe it's the wolverine state brewing company that that doesn't have i didn't take i didn't take a single issue with what he said in fact okay. i liked it i liked it like you know what there is something to be said about recruiting guys who just have that internal motivation and of course you want five stars and four stars and you know what that equates to on the football field but we also, Michigan fans, suffered through what at least a solid decade of getting our asses kicked around by three-star recruits down in East Lansing who were just hungrier than the guys on the other side of the ball. And so if Mike Hart is out there looking for, and you could do the drop, dogs, that's what I want. I want guys that maybe aren't, you know, the five-star prima donna. They're not getting recruited by everybody in the country. They don't have that that massive ego. Just an under-recruited guy who's hungry and wants to, you know, make his presence known and would kill for an opportunity to do that at the University of Michigan. That's kind of how I took that. So no, I don't I don't have a problem with it. Now, that being said, if guys like CJ Stokes and Cole Cabana and whoever else comes through, if they don't start to pan out, then yeah, I'm gonna have questions about Mike Hart's philosophy. But at this point, I'll, I'll trust what he says and I'll trust his philosophy. And, you know, I, I, I like the mindset. I like the idea behind it. That, that's where I'm at too. I mean, I trust what he says. I believe everything he's saying it's worked for him. It's worked for other guys that he's recruited. None of his, you know, CJ Stokes is the only back at Michigan that he's recruited and he's carried the ball six times. He's a true freshman. I mean, like, I don't know if you can really, you, you can't even really say what he's done yet. Blake Corum was not his recruit. Donovan Edwards wasn't his recruit, but He's he's got a track record of bringing in good guys and making them better at just about every school he's been at. So I, I'm totally willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, I find myself immediately saying like, well, dude, there's there's five stars who are also hungry and dogs and want to play hard. Like, I, you know, that so that it's not like, oh, oh, only two star and three star guys can be hungry and really want it. No, that's not even remotely true. 
some of the best players in the country are some of the hardest workers in the country. That's why they get to that point. So like, I don't know, man, I just found the comment interesting. I know, uh, I know there were a lot of people who ran with that and tried to make it into a narrative. That's not what I'm doing. I don't, I don't want to make it seem like there is an issue or a problem. I don't think there is. I just found it interesting as a former recruiting guy to hear that kind of discussion and to hear some of the words that he said. But like I said, he was a lightly recruited guy out of upstate New York, and all he did was become the best running back ever at Michigan based on the numbers. I mean, like, yeah. you know, he's got he's got some things he can hang his hat on in that arena. And and Derek uh, Green, Kareem Walker. I mean, you, sure. you know, you yeah. I mean, there's list. examples in every list. direction. I mean, you can go, you can play that game all day. Michigan's been playing football a long time. Guys who were under recruited that did really well, big timers that didn't, and vice versa. Some big timers are the best play. You know, Reggie Bush, number one player in the country, he's pretty good. You know, I mean, like you can do that all day. You can you can go find examples that fit little narratives all the time. Um, and so it's just I just found it interesting because I'm not covering recruiting anymore. But the people who are, they've taken some shots at Mike Hart about him not getting after it on the recruiting trail and not going after the the talented players that should be coming to a place like Michigan. So I just found it interesting. Thought it was worth bringing up. It was kind of the headline that stole the day. I know as soon as we got out of that press conference, I saw his quote popping up all over the place. And I wrote a story about that, kind of doing what I'm doing right now, looking at both sides of the coin and understanding that I think there's some truth and some, you know, maybe some bias in, in both directions. And I think that's fine. Yeah. I don't think it's worth I think it's worth talking about. So anyway, wanted to bring that up from the presser earlier and um just see what you thought about it as a person who didn't cover recruiting for so long and see if it was any different. Quick word from our sponsor. The homie Rich, Rich homie. Can we call Richie. Rich? We can call whatever. Rich Media Escapes real quick, and then we'll get back into fan-led questions. Get them loaded yes, up, sir. everybody. Hey, this is Rich from Media Escapes located in Burton. Let me fill you in a little bit about our business. We are a full-service sign and graphic company from banners, yard signs, to vehicle wraps. When it comes to marketing your business, we also provide video and photography services, as well as apparel and promotional items. If it's something that will make your business organization stand out, we do it. And I guarantee we do it well. We are Mediascapes on Dora Highway, south of Bristol Road, just before Rock Bottom. Check out our work at Mediascapes.com. That's Mediascapes with a K.com. There you have it. I'll throw that up again until you guys have it ingrained in your brain. Mediascapes with a K. <laughs> There's the phone number, 810-410-4737 in Burton, Michigan. Um, you know, we've, we've said it a million times and we're going to keep saying it. Rich is the man. They do incredible work over there. And, uh, you know, if you need anything, I mean, he rattled off several things, their vehicle wraps, signage, um, uh, t-shirts, video, audio production. I mean, he does it all. It's, it's really pretty incredible how many different things that they're able to do there. So go check them out. If you have any type of need with your company, your brand, your event, your, whatever it is that you're doing, Rich can, uh, Rich can hook it up. So there you go. All right. Chris, are you ready for some questions? They're going to do be it, man. Let's get, let's get to the people. Let's get to the people. Who gives a shit what we have to say? Let's that's get to the right. people. Well, I mean, it is going to be us answering the question. Well, that's true. That is true. I guess so. I guess you should care a little bit about it. We should care a little bit about it. Do uh, we have music for fan led Wednesdays? I think we, we just anything? did like a, like a background. We, just we, need like some, a, we need something in the background, man. It's like a couple of dead bodies out here answering questions. I think we just had a little draft music going. There we go. Something. I like it. I like it. Feel Let's good about it? it. Let's get into it. Okay, this is a great question, Cody Ingle. What is your dream <laughs> non-conference match? We'll just go matchup. I'm not going to do a whole schedule. You okay. know, we'll just 
That's a great question, man. A team that you would absolutely love to see Michigan play, I guess, either in the big house at the other play, at the other team's place, or maybe even like a cool neutral neutral site. I I personally love home field for one or the other teams. Yeah, neutral neutral sites. It's cool to see those venues. Like when we got to go down for the bowl game, I mean that was incredible. But but there's something about you know being at the places you know at a place with a home field advantage. So I don't know. You have do you have a you have an easy well, go to, Chris? So my initial thought went to, and I know that they stumbled out of the game, but my initial thought went to LSU. I just I think as a fan, okay. I I like the, op- the the opportunity to go down there and Baton Rouge and watch the Wolverines play. I've always kind of viewed Michigan. And LSU is kind of in a similar boat in a way, but I see a lot of people out there saying Texas, and I think that's another good one. You know, to watch the Wolverines go play in Texas or watch the Longhorns come up to the Big House, I think that would be awesome. But I think my, I think I would go with LSU. I like it, Brian Kelly and his family. <laughs> well, I mean, anytime you get a chance to kick Brian Kelly's ass, you got to take that, right? You know where my mind immediately went, and it's because I have a personal connection. I lived there for seven years. It's okay. Clemson. Okay. I would love yeah. to watch Michigan play Clemson because first of all, they're they're good. I mean, they've been really good for the last how you know decade or so, but they they they're really passionate. I mean, that's like every fan base, but they they thought Clemson was the best football team walking when they weren't even good. Like when they were still losing to South Carolina somewhat regularly and not competing in the ACC, they still thought they had the best team. Had won a title since 1981, all that stuff. They they still thought that orange and purple, God, it's ugly too. So much orange and purple. <laughs> they thought it was the best thing ever. And I always wanted Michigan to play them so they could kick their ass. Michigan did knock them out of the NCAA tournament one year, which was pretty awesome in basketball. And I got yeah. to I got to brag and brag and brag about that. But anyway, the stadium is incredible. It's another, it's the other Death Valley, right? LSU Death Valley comes Another Death, Death Valley. Valley. They've got the incredible, you know, running down the hill if it wasn't a away game for Michigan or if you had Dude, can you imagine the upstate South Carolinians, the 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 humid, hot, muggy boys from the South coming up to Michigan in like October? I was going to say, could you imagine folks from November? Louisiana trying to yeah. survive in the Wolverine State? It's not going to happen. It's not going to yeah, happen. Really cool question, right there, Cody. I like that. I would go with Clemson. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, have they ever played? I need to look. We need to look that up. Has Michigan ever played LSU or Clemson? I'm sure somebody out there would know yeah, better than me. Up, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Uh, that would be those. Both of those would be be great matchups. We'll do this one quick because uh, it's an easy one. How far is your tailgate spot from Pioneer? Not far. We're, not we're far. down. Not far down Main Street. So if you're coming from Pioneer, you'll come down Main Street and hang a left on Berkeley, and we're ten or fifteen houses up the road. Right. Depending there, so. on where you're coming from, Pioneer, yeah. I mean, or you could just Pioneer's yeah. big. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of acreage over there at Pioneer, so it depends on where <laughs> you're starting from. But yeah, just down Main Street, fifty yard line. 50-yard line extended right out of the big house. That's where we're at. So that gives you an idea of where it's at. All right. I like this question too, Chris. First offensive play on Saturday with J.J. Mccarthy at the helm. Of course it's going to be a read option, and J.J.'s probably so going to take too. it. Like, he's so going to take it like 15 or 16 yards. The crowd's going to ooh and ah, and then after that, it's just going to be sit back and, and watch the kid operate. Yeah. It, I mean, that's kind of like their bread and butter play anyway. Yeah. Whether it's a, a true read or a you know a give made to look like a read or you know whatever that's that's Michigan's main running play. I think you're safe you're safe to bet that that would be the first play of the game. But I, yeah, if if it's up to JJ, he's pulling that sucker and he's going. Man, we heard we heard <laughs> Kalel no talk about it. We heard Jalen Harrell talk about it. By the way, 
Mike Elston called him Jalen Harrell today. Harrell. He did. Now, I've heard okay. it. I've heard it. I've heard it pronounced both ways from people who should be in the know. So now I'm okay. confused. With that. All right. Because I was going Harrell, right? I was saying say Jalen Harrell. Harrell. You say Harrell. Yes. And I say Harrell. And I, I don't Harrell. know who's right. I think you're right. I think it's Harold. I think it's Jalen Harold. Okay. Either way, Mike Elston called him Harold today. But anyway, um, those both of those defensive players have talked about how JJ will pull it a lot more, put his foot in the ground, and he is gone, dude. Out the back I gate. I mean, when you got five, when you got four four speed, why wouldn't Amen, you? Amen, brother. <laughs> fastest the fastest quarterback in the NFL if he was playing right now. I'm, I'm kidding, but I don't think he's faster than Lamar. Pretty, I don't think he's faster than damn, I Kyler mean, Murray. He's but. he's top five, right? He's top five with four five speed. We learned that there's there only three quarterbacks in the NFL that run that fast that start. So anyway, all right. Um, yeah, it's a little ways down the road, Jimmy. You're right. Iowa is four weeks away, but that is the first test for Michigan. There's no doubt about it. It's on the road. It's at Kinnick. It's a, a team with a yeah. pulse. No, no. Well, no, I was going to say no offense to Maryland, but I don't care. Offense to Maryland, whatever they blow. Um, I didn't watch it. I know the score was in, was ridiculous. They were Chris's TFGs earlier this week because they they needed two safeties in the second half to win the game seven to three. I doubt South Dakota State is for real, you know, air quotes, but <laughs> it still is a big game because they're going to give Michigan yeah. their best shot. They remember they got their ass kicked by them in the po- in the Big Ten com- Big Ten championship game. But I I said it before before the season even started. I think Michigan's gonna gonna smoke them. I, I just don't think I was that good. I don't think they have that much talent. Not a much, not as much speed. Not as much talent. You're, I mean, you're right about the talent. You're right about the speed. But uh, Jimmy, listen, Michigan is not South Dakota State. And when the Wolverines go to Kinnick, I was just gonna play a different brand of football, and that's what Iowa does. There's always a couple games where Iowa gets up, and and I know they're. I don't know. It's not a night game, but they are doing the stripe out game, right? So there's going to be some, so. yeah, yeah, some some extra incentive inside the stadium. I fully expect to get Iowa's best effort probably of the season. I think they're going to make it difficult for Michigan. I do think Michigan wins that game, Jimmy. But man, I I don't think that that game against South Dakota State is any indication of the type of effort that Michigan's going to get when they go there Week Five. That's probably the fairest way to put it. I don't think, yeah, you're not going to see them look like that. But I I just think Michigan's too good, too talented, too fast. I mean, well. We Saw it in the Big yeah. Ten Championship. I mean, it was apparent, very apparent. Forty-two to three is pretty apparent. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is this is week five of this season versus the very end of the year last year. A lot of different bodies. Out there. I get it, but I still think Michigan is just the, James the Harry saying Michigan by fifty. In Kinnick. I don't know about that, but uh, I think Michigan impressive. will handle them. Um, so the weather, Zach Sanday, the fake last name. Um, the weather is looking better on Saturday. Who is JJ's favorite target going to be on on against Hawaii? I know where I'm going with this one. I mean, you, the the flying Hawaiian, Roman Wilson. He already had a big week one. You can see that. You know, once he gets the ball in space, he can make some things happen. And I think that there's going to be a concerted effort to get Roman Wilson the ball on Saturday. I think he's going to have a really big game. And uh, if I'm JJ, I'm looking for number 14 all night. That is interesting because that's not where my mind went, but I forgot about the connection. You put up a story about it earlier today over at WolverineDigest.com. Go check it out. Making history. How's he making history, history. Chris? Hawaiian, Hawaiian? Well, he's going to be the first player from the state of Hawaii, Michigan player, to play against the Rainbow Warriors. And so I, yeah. I think that's cool, man. I mean, anytime you can be the first to do anything, and I know that that's, it's special for Roman Wilson. You know, he, he kind of, during his press conference this week, talked about what, 
the team in Hawaii meant to him just kind of growing up. And, you know, you see some like Colt Brennan come through there and some of the big players. And so even though make no mistake, Roman Wilson is going to want to put the, the, the rainbow warriors in a body bag on Saturday. I just think it's cool for him, man, to have that kind of matchup in Ann Arbor in the big house under the lights. What a cool experience. Haven't looked into it, but I'd be shocked if there weren't several of his former teammates or guys he knew well on that team. And so, yeah, Yeah. you're right. He's going to want to, he's going to want to show out. I immediately was going to go to Andrell. I just I know that J.J. McCarthy and Andrew Anthony have a chemistry. We yeah. saw it against Michigan State last year. They came in together. They're both sophomores. They're both looking to take another step. That's where my mind went, but I, I really like your thought process on picking Roman. And, I mean, it's not like Michigan doesn't have 10 freaking weapons there that could all be the leading receiver in this game. So maybe it's neither of those guys. It could easily be Ronnie Bell. It might be Eric All. Who knows? But I will go. With Uno, I will go with Andrew Anthony, and I think your your Roman Wilson pick is spot on. He's probably going to have a big day against yeah, uh, big, big against day. the other Islanders out there, right? Um, well, this is a fun question too. I like this, Evan. Thank you. What programs in the country would Cade and or JJ not start at besides Alabama with Bryce Young, Ohio State with CJ Stroud, Georgia with Stetson Bennett? I mean, like Bennett's an interesting one because he's. He's not the the you know the the big big time recruit the the five star the just the freak show he's he's five ten he's a buck eighty probably throws the ball fifty yards maybe and last week he put up like three hundred and sixty eight yards or something and I don't know four touchdowns or whatever like and obviously he won a title last year largely in part because of Georgia's superior superior talent but that's an interesting question I mean well Chris we've talked about this a little bit with the Big Ten at least where we thought Cade McNamara might be able to start just as a little back and forth kind of discussion. I don't know if we need to go team by team, but you know, when you see this question, what are some of the immediate thoughts that you have? First of all, I know you can't stand CJ Stroud. So I saw you, I saw you kind of tense up just reading that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cade isn't CJ Stroud, but you know, there there's obviously look, I, I, I don't think they're the same, you know, Cade, you could go through the big 10 and I, you know, I think once you get like, would Cade McNamara start in place of Peyton Thorne at Michigan state? I don't know. To me, to me, that's, I, I don't think so. It's a push at best, but if you insert JJ McCarthy into the mix and you have that mobility and that athleticism, now it changes the equation. And so that's a tough question to, to answer because I think that there's a lot, quite frankly, a lot of programs across the country that Cade probably wouldn't start at, not necessarily because he's not good enough, but maybe the offense is just designed a little bit differently. Sure. They don't do what's within, you know, Cade's bag of tricks. I will say this, given JJ's skill set, the likelihood of being him being able to start pretty much anywhere in the country is significantly higher than Cade's simply because he is a true dual threat. That's fair. Any team that employs a, a running game with the quarterback, Cade's out. I mean, he's just, yeah. you know, not every quarterback runs. That's fine. Dude, I can't, as much as I want to have blazing speed, I just don't have it. It doesn't make you a dick for saying I don't have it. I just don't have it. It's not in there. Yeah. Um, Now, blazing good looks. Blazing good looks. Different story. (laughs) I'm going to try not to be a dick with this one. Does Andrew Anthony get over or under two TDs Saturday? Well, can he get more than one catch in a game first before we start? I mean, like like I said, I don't want to be a dick he had one catch for five it's not, yards. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. You know, it's, so. not, it's not his fault. But I would say definitely under. He's capable of getting, you know, scoring twice. That's not a. It's not a knock on Andrell. I need to see it from the offense, the play calling, the throwing the ball down the field, the 
Well, putting he one twice pass over State? the goal line into the end zone. Can we try that once before, you know, like that's, that's just where I'm at. I mean, we talked about it on Monday. The leading receiver in the game had two catches. It was Ronnie Bell. It was Colston Loveland. And I think maybe, maybe Cornelius Johnson. I think three guys had two catches. Everybody, all 12 of the other guys had one grab, including Andrell for five yards. So well, I just need to see more, more through the air period from anybody. I don't care if it's Kate. I don't care if it's JJ. They got to call some plays and call some shots downfield before but, we can worry about that. To answer the question, I'm going to say under. I will hammer the yeah. under on two touchdowns on Saturday. But I will say, let's see how different the offense looks with number nine behind center. Yeah, there's no, there's no question. I mean, it, it. If the plan really was to let Cade get in a rhythm and then air it out and throw it down the field, and they're going to do the same thing with JJ, he's going to have a chance to really light it up. He's going to have a chance yeah. to light it up against a, a bad team. I mean, Hawaii, I mean, they got beat by 50 by Vanderbilt, dude. I mean, they're not good. They are not good. Michigan's going to be able to do whatever they want to do, and so it's going to be about executing, making the right throws, making the right plays, not trying to get overextended. I mean, that's that's what it's going to be about. See, for JJ. I, I don't want to generalize, but I think uh, from YouTube, Dependent Fanatic makes, makes a good point there, and that is where, look at you have to have a quarterback with mobility. And I know Cade's got a little bit of mobility, but that's just the, where the game has evolved to. Mm -hmm. Offenses are so dynamic now. You even heard Nick Saban say not too long ago that I can't win with defense anymore. I got to put up points. I need guys that can score points. And so, yeah, if, if you can have a guy behind center who's multi-dimensional versus one-dimensional, you're going to be a lot better off. And that's, that's just reality. It's not about like. It's not about emotion. It's just... True dual threat versus a true pocket passer. Give me the dual threat every day of the week, particularly on Saturdays. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, this is a good question, and it's one I've thought about, and it's a scene I've played out in my head, Chris. How many TDs does J.J. McCarthy throw on Saturday? I think he gets three touchdown passes. And I think he gets one rushing touchdown for a total of four, three through the air, one on the ground. I think he's going to have a big day. I think it's all going to happen in the first half. I think he's he going to throw can. for three or four and run for one. I'm with you. I, I, I'll go four through the we air. You got I Johnny Rendon saying six t six tutties on Saturday. From <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, I, I you know, I just think I, I mean it's a it's a combination of JJ being really talented. I'm high on him and. Hawaii being really, really bad. I mean, it's just, they don't stand a chance. Dude, the spread is 51 points. It's unbelievable. That's an insane as, number. As it should be. 11. I mean, it should be. Yes, but that's a crazy number. <laughs> this is an interesting question because JJ was asked about this, and he, I mean, he answered it like a pro, like he always does. The kid is money on the microphone, dude. He's, he's so good, so mature, so poised, so kind. I mean, dude, he dapped us both up like we've been his best friend for 20 years. I'm like, dude, you don't really have he was, to do that. He was no. like, he was, he was walking up to he the, like uh, the press conference, out. gave us both a hug. And then, and then when he left, he thanked everybody for their time and said that he hopes yeah. we have a good day. I mean, it's just, it's yeah, that's, that's no, just he, natural. That's not for comes up bro hug for me, bro <laughs> hug for you. Another one on the way out, a full body embrace hug with Angelique. Like she's his grandmother. It's just the, it's the way he is, dude. He's well, just and it's, it, that way. 
it goes in line with what Brad Robbins had to say. And I don't know if we put that out, but Brad Robbins was asked specifically what sets JJ apart, what makes him special. And he said, he's empathetic. It doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if, and think about that. When you ask your punter, like what makes this guy special? And he, he took some time to think about it and he went with empathy and he pointed out how JJ, whether you're the, the veteran on the team, the walk on, whether you're a staff member that JJ just finds a way to connect with people that, that resonates in, in, in that, means something within the locker room. And I just thought that was interesting to, to hear a veteran punter say, uh, say that use that word to describe what makes a kid like that special empathy. Yeah, no question. So didn't even get to the question yet. We were kind of building up to it. So yeah. what, what do we think the relationship is like between Cade and JJ? I, you know, and then, and then he says they've never communicated on the sidelines. Well, I know um, I put up, I put up this photo for our, they, they do, they do communicate on the sidelines. I don't know if it's a lot, it is. It's certainly got to be a dynamic right now. They're 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 battling each other for the job that they both want. There's probably a little bit of contention, but I do I do think. Well, I know I I dealt with JJ enough now personally, both back you know dating back to when he was a tenth grader in high school all the way up through. We had the long sit down with him to the examples we just named from the press conference a day ago. He's like the nicest kid I've ever met, almost like to a fault. It's like it's. He's so nice that you're like, this, this can't be real. He's got to be bullshitting <laughs> everybody, but he's not. Yeah. It's just how he is. And while Cade might not be quite as warm, he's he was voted a team captain. Clearly, he has earned respect of his teammates, and people like him too. So I think even if I think even if they're battling it out and they know like I'm, I'm better than that guy, man, I want that job. Like I think they're gonna get along fine. I I, I yeah. think they're gonna get along fine. And you know, if JJ was pouring it on a little thick in his answer by saying like what a better position for me to be in to learn from a guy like that he's so driven he's so this he's so that well, i don't think it's fake but i you know they each want the same job but i think they also do understand that it's about the team neither of them are me guys clearly Cade mcnamara threw 15 touchdowns last year he's not a me guy jj was superstar golden boy everything and he's barely playing he's still at michigan he's not a me guy so I think they I think they can coexist in a way that will work, but they're they're fighting but, it out. Man. I, I was gonna say, thing. don't you know? It, it, I think it is a business relationship. You know, they they're, they're both guys that are vying for the same spot, and you cannot tell me after that prep that post game press conference with Cade McNamara that he's not frustrated with the situation. He is clearly frustrated with the situation. He's clearly sure. unhappy with it. I think he's dealing with it the best he can, but in terms of how that impacts Cade and JJ, I don't think there's really an issue with their relationship. They're just two guys that are competing for the same position. I think that, um, I do think that, you know, well, well, we'll we'll save it. Let's see how Saturday looks, and then and then we'll discuss what the future might look like in the quarterback room. Cody, just, Cody Engel just keeps bringing the questions, man. Cody's always in. He's always in the cut, man. He's always he here. Always bringing brings the question. I love this one. Bang! How many touchdowns would the sledgehammer have if he played quarterback this weekend? <laughs> I'm giving him one. I'm giving him at least one. At least one. At least one. I I, I mean. Yeah, well, sure. Why not? It's Colorado State. Screw it. Yeah, give him a touchdown. Why not? He's an athlete. Put 13 under center. Watch what happens, man. Well, it's going to make magic. <laughs> I'm just tell you so what. Sure I'll tell you what. I'm not so sure it would be magical, but that that dude would be prepared. He'd be ready. He'd be we prepared. heard all about that. Yeah. We heard all yeah. about that from him and from Brad Robbins that just 
Jake Moody's level of consistency and preparation and even keel and all that makes him why he's so good at kicking the ball. Like, I, I mean, we're being, we're being facetious here, but like, you know, if they said, you know, Jake, you're starting at quarterback this weekend. Like I fully expect him to take that as serious as humanly possible and try to make something happen. Sure. I mean, they're not going to do it, but you know, you get it. Chris, this is an important question. It's very sure. important. How's that shiny sunburn head, bro? It actually, it turned, fortunately, the sunburn did turn into a tan, but it is still the shape of the half moon on the forehead. And um, yeah, look, I'm just going to have to roll with it until wintertime. That's just, you know, it's, there's certain, there's the good parts of every job. And then there's some not so good parts of every job. And the not so good parts of my job were, I look like a piece of bacon after the game. That's what I look like fried crispy bacon or a rack of ribs with a with a, a fresh glaze on me if you will out on the grill just cooking, cooking. <laughs> or like one of those rotisserie chickens just going around the- <laughs> yes that, that was the color of that was Dude, the color I, of your head. that was me i was a rotating rotisserie with a backwards hat on that was me that's hilarious no 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 i can't do the i can't do it 57 watching nine likes get your get your guys man get your bring the team man get everybody so that's on youtube the YouTube channel is slowly growing. It's appreciated. I, I do appreciate that. We're up around the 200 mark, which is pretty good for a live broadcast combined yeah. with YouTube, Facebook. We're trying, Twitter. Kelvin. We're trying. Cool. We're doing what we can do. We're here. Yeah, yeah. The show we're, is we're, here. I'm it's happening. With it. I'm good with it. Go rally the troops. Um, look, I can't even bring myself to come to this place because I just don't think it's humanly possible. It is a great question, though. It is let's a great say, question. Yeah, it is. It is a good question. If JJ is just god awful this weekend then what i don't Holy think it matters Jesus. anyway i really don't i mean if well if he isn't very good this weekend it certainly does matter because then you're you're right back in the situation it's like do we go with the steady hand the guy that we know like we know what we can get out of him or do you you know i just think at the end of the day based on how week 1 went and based on what they're doing for week two, I just don't see a scenario that you go back to Cade, even if JJ hasn't. Look, if JJ plays as good as Cade McNamara played last week, JJ wouldn't have had a very good game. And I still think he's going to be the starter. I just I don't see a scenario where JJ plays the way you saw Cade play week one. I think he plays loose. I think he plays fast. I think you see that the, the offense is capable of doing more because now if you're a defense, you've got to prepare for, for everything out there. you got to prepare for the weapons, the running backs, a quarterback who can run or who can hit you over the top. So I think after Saturday that the, the, the controversy is going to be over. But if JJ goes out there and bombs, make no mistake – this controversy will roll into week three and week four. And then everybody's going to start looking at Iowa, that first road game and saying, okay, now what are they going to do there? I hope that's not the case. My, my hunch is that JJ, you know, Cade had an opportunity to do it. I think JJ is going to close the door on it. I'm not sure the players at Hawaii even really know like what a football is. So I think, it, I mean, well, like, I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to be all right. On. Dude, 63 to 10 to Vanderbilt at home. Come on, dude. If he doesn't go out and light it up, I'll I'll eat your I shoe. <laughs> I got a whole I got a whole bunch of them over there, dude. All I'll right. eat it easy. I'll eat it easy. Uh, Uncle Mike in the house. And I like this because this comes back it. to like what we think it's gonna look like. Ultimately, it's like what are the calls? Are they going to try to air it out? Are they going to try to get JJ into a rhythm and let him open it up? 
Cade McNamara threw for 136 yards in the game. 61 of them came on the screen play, screen yep. pass to Roman Wilson. So, set, I mean, we talked about this. I'm not taking those away from him, but let's be honest. He threw it to he threw it to Roman behind the line of scrimmage, and Roman ran 61 yards for the touchdown. 136 yards and a score in 40, I think he 44, 43 snaps, whatever it was. JJ came in 11 snaps, four for four, 30 yards, 50 yards rushing touchdown. All right. What do we think the first half? Cause I don't know if JJ will play. I mean, if it's 55 to zero at halftime, like I don't know if we're even going to see JJ in the second half. What do you think it looks like? Are they going to open it up? Is it going to be a rhythm thing? Are they going to tell JJ to push it down the field? Like how does this end up? How does this end up looking for number nine on, on Saturday? I mean, because I remember what you said about Cade, and they tried it, but it just didn't work. Well, that's the difference. They tried it, and it wasn't working. I think they're going to try it on Saturday, and I think it's going to work. I think they're going to allow J.J. McCarthy to go play his game. And if they do that, yeah, what do his passing yards look like in the first half? Maybe he throws for 250 and a few touchdowns, gets a series or two in the second half before they pull him. But you're right, man. Like This thing has the potential. Like It just sets up so nicely for J.J. if he could just have a solid game. I mean, the job's his. That's it. Yeah. It just has to be a solid performance against, quite frankly, a uh, – we'll just call him inferior opponent. They might be the worst team in the country. I mean, I'm, I'm dead serious. You're bad. Like, you're bad. You lose by 53 to Vanderbilt on your home field. Like, you're in that discussion of being the worst team in the country. And Vandy has to fly all the way down to the island, man. Like, that's – you talk about a road game and having to travel. Like, that's, that's a different type of travel. Yeah. You can't lose a game like that at home week one. CS from the YouTube channel. Thank you for subbing over there. Great question. And Mike Elston addressed it exactly today. Do we think Michigan will go with the defensive line committee like they did versus Colorado State, or will they solidify four or five guys? The defensive line rotation is always interesting because, I mean, these are big old dudes. You're talking three bills plus for some of them. They need a blow. They, they need to be able to go as hard as they absolutely can go for four or five plays and then get out and get another body in there. And that's exactly what Mike Elston talked about. He said, you know, we've got a young guy in Mason Graham. We've got a young guy in Kenneth Grant. We've got Chris Jenkins who we can move around. We've got Mike Morris who we can move around. And then, of course, the edge guys are in a little bit of a different scenario, depending on down and distance and, you know, things like that. But I found it really interesting how I found it really interesting how detailed Mike Elston explained his approach where he's like, these are the guys we have that start. These are the guys that we have in this situation. These are the guys that we have in this situation. And then they have a whole nother wave of guys in all of those situations if a drive gets extended. So if it's not a three and out, if it goes to four plays, six plays, eight plays, here's the next wave of guys and where they go and what schemes they run. And again, certainly down in distance is part of it. You've got your, your specialty packages. I mean, it was like, it was just really enlightening to hear Mike Elston talk about how they determine who's going to be in the game. And I think, I don't think it matters who they play against. I think you've got to have probably eight bodies that you yes. feel really, really good about on the D-line that are always going to be rotating in and out, maybe a maximum of four, five, six plays at the most. Like, dude, Mozzie Smith is 340 pounds. He's not playing 12 plays in a row. you got to get him in, go as hard as you can go for four or five, and then get out and get a blow, let one of those other dudes go in there. So – it's a really good question, but I, I don't think it matters who they're playing. I think that's going to be – it sounded like that's going to be Mike Elston's approach all year. 
Absolutely. And as it should be for that reason, like you said, you got to get guys that can get a blow and down on the field. I was watching the defensive line and they were flying around like crazy. They were making things extremely difficult for Colorado state. And so I would expect, yeah, there to be a solid rotation of what eight or nine guys that they can rotate up front. Yeah. You got too much uh, talent I, I there. Mean, too much talent. I just really liked hearing Mike. I mean, he's not the most like exciting guy when he talks, but you can, he's just, dude, he came out with his sheet. He spoke for five minutes before anybody asked him a question. He went through doom, 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 doom. Like Im- immediately, like, the hair, the shave, the like, dude, <laughs> the dude is on it. He is yeah. freaking on it. And look, I, I really, I really liked Sean Nua as a guy, as a dude. And I know the players loved him too. I think Mike Elston is he, he dude, that dude's a perfectionist. He, he is going to have those dudes ready. He might not be out hanging out with them. Like Sean Nua was, there might not be that love. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure they, they get along fine just personality wise, but like, dude, that dude knows his stuff. The, some of the answers that he gave today were, you know, for a football nerd, you really wanted to geek out. Like he, he was the guy, man. I, I really enjoyed hearing him talk today. Again, <laughs> If I put up a seven-minute video of him talking, people would probably fall asleep halfway through it. But, like, it was good shit, dude. It was really good stuff. And I, I, I enjoyed hearing him talk, man. It was really it was really enlightening for me. And he talked about exactly that, what, what CS brought up right there, that rotation. So really good stuff right there with uh, with Mike Elston today at the microphone. Um, just so you guys know, it's 7.59 on the real time. I'm looking at questions from 7.34. Like, that's how fast. I'm, like, 25 minutes behind where we're at because so many people are putting comments in. So again, amazing participation from you guys. I apologize if I don't get to your question, but that kind of explains why, because there's just so many that it's hard for me to get them in. Um, Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I don't know if I want to put that. Oh, let's, let's, let's pontificate uniforms for Saturday. Chris going to be got got to be all blue. Does it not? For the night game? Gotta yeah, be. probably. I mean, that's that's the most likely. I would say I would say Maze out with the all blue uniform is a safe bet. They Although I will say, I would love, love for them to finally roll out the blue bottoms with the maze top alternate. Ooh. I think that that's a that's a fire alternate, especially if the fans in the crowd are gonna go maze, throw the maze up top. But yeah, I think that the all blue is probably a safe uh Safe bet. So they, they did the all blues for Washington last year they under did. the lights. And they did the all blues against Georgia in the playoff. They uh, did. Right? I mean, like two of the biggest, like prime time. I think they go all blues. I mean, I just feel like that's a really, really good look at nighttime with the, you know, the contrast of the backdrop. I think that, I think that's what it'll be, but we'll see. Yeah, it's hard. Be well, I mean, what's, what's not to like, what's not to, but yeah, look, hey, can I, fun. can I at least pull it up? Can I at least pull it up? Look at it. I don't know what if you guys can up? see that. The maze top, oh, blue the bottom. Maze, yeah, it, I mean they haven't done it. It would be cool because they, they haven't done it. Would it. Be, it would be a first time that they would do it. I, I would love to see it happen. But yeah, I mean, I think you know, no matter what they look under the lights, they're going to look good. This is a good question, and I think there's a. I mean, obviously the dark horse in there is really intriguing. Who leads the team in rushing on Saturday? Could J? Could it be JJ McCarthy, the the young quarterback? Nah, I just I think Corum is too elusive, too shifty. I mean, you can see it against Colorado State. There were a couple runs that Corum had where if the guy who didn't make the tackle didn't make it, he was gone. 
And so I, I just think there's too much lightning with Corum. I think it's going to be Corum that leads the way. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if JJ is upwards of, you know, 80 to 100 yards rushing on Saturday. I mean, he's got that capability. Um, I don't know if we have an answer for this, but I want to throw it up just because we're showing some we're we're showing some love for those who show love to us. Darren yeah, May, absolutely. one of the OGs, he's always here. Do we have a recommendation for him for a parking spot near the command center? I, I mean, like all up and down the street on Berkeley, they like all those houses park cars, but I don't I don't know if they have kind of like a already arranged type of situation. A lot of those people have been parking cars for a long time, so they've got regulars. So they, they don't just open it up to like, oh, 40 bucks and you can park here. It's the yeah. same people every week. So there's there's a bunch of houses on Berkeley where you can park, but I don't know. I don't know if they're taking newcomers. So I don't know. You, you, so you could there. easily, you, well, no, but you could easily park at Pioneer and just walk. You know, you can cross right over across the street. It's a, you know what I might do? I might put out a map later on just to give people, you know, show different directions on how you can get uh, to where we're going to be parked at because it is a pretty convenient location. It's a four minute walk from the stadium. Uh, so yeah, whether or not it's Pioneer or somewhere else, Darren, I'll, we'll, we'll try to do a little research and see where the best place is for you to park at. And so we're on Berkeley. I mean, every single one of those side streets in both directions is parking cars and they're all yeah. pretty close. So, I mean, you, yeah, you get there early enough and you know, it's a night game. I mean, you wouldn't have to get there even that early in the morning or anything. You could start making some rounds and seeing. So I don't, yeah, I don't have a real good answer for you, Darren, but they're, I mean, they're everybody over there parks cars. It's just a matter of finding a spot that might be, might be open still at this point. Who the hell's talking shit about my Android TJ, TJ Davis talking shit about an Android. When was that? I just saw I'm the comments. You were able to see there will, it. There will be, listen, there will be no Android slander on the show. Oh. I won't have it in the comment section. Brandon, if you see it, delete it, kick him out. No more Android uh, slander in the comment section. I, I absolutely don't agree with that at all. I, I encourage I and welcome all Android slander. I won't have it and I won't stand for it. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm surprised you were able to see the comment on your Android. I didn't think it, it supported that kind of technology. So it's it awesome. Support comments. It's awesome that they've come that far and they can they can allow people to to communicate with you. Another good one from Cody, man. Does JJ playing in this game more than a half? Because I mean, I mean, this is going to be by far the most he's played in the game. He played 11 snaps last week, dude. That's nothing. Does this give a chance? Give teams, you know, future teams, Iowa, Michigan State, Penn State, the big, the bigger games a chance to game plan and scout him. Yeah, it does. And sure. he's good. So who cares? I mean, that's, you know, every team's got a couple of great players that you key on. And after a game or two, there's no secrets. So you, you remember what it was like trying to scout against guys like Dwayne Askins and Justin yeah. Fields. Who I mean, you still know what it's like you know 50 what it touchdowns. Is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, but see, I think that is the benefit when you are a dual threat is even when people have the, the chance to scout against you, there's just a lot of variables when you're on the field and it, it makes it far more likely that a defense is going to make a mistake that you can capitalize on. I think I know how Chris is going to answer this one. Cause I, I, I mean, I just remember both of us, you know, supremely impressed by the defense on Saturday, but it is an interesting question because I don't know really what Hawaii is going to try to do. I know they like to try to run the ball. This isn't Hawaii from back in the day where they, you know, Colt Brennan yeah. throwing it 80 times. I mean, it's a different right. offense now, but which number's higher, sacks or JJ touchdowns? That's that's a fun one. That's a fun Ooh, one. Josh Pickens with a phenomenal question. That's a fun one. I'm gonna I go like with sacks. One. I'm gonna go with yeah, sacks, man. I mean, I mean, you know what? Eight 
Was it eight last weekend? I see that there was a different, or was it eight guys that had a combined seven I think sacks? It, I, I can't think remember it's still exactly. Seven. seven sacks from seven. nine guys. With the we'll go with seven. Listen, yeah. listen. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan follows that up with another seven sack outing. I, as much as I love JJ McCarthy, and as much as I think he's capable of doing great things, he's not going to throw seven TD passes Saturday night. So I'll go with the defense, defensive sacks, but. It is a good question, man, because if it's, you know, if they're getting to the quarterback four or five times, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I want J.J. to throw four-plus touchdown. I just don't see it happening. So I think the sack number is easier to get to. Um, but, I mean, dude, Hawaii is bad, dude. I mean, J.J. could throw five touchdowns, and I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Like, in the slightest. So, I'll go sacks. I think the sack number will be higher. But they could be pretty close. I do think they could be pretty close. I, I love this question. Thank you so much, Fletch. Lives daily. The RV is a 1999 Allegro BMF. If you don't know what BMF is, look it up. Beep, beep. It's a bad one. The one that Tiffin Allegro, 1999 Tiffin Allegro. Listen, it's got the Chevy 450 big block in it. I'm not sure if that's the case, but I think maybe 454, Chris. 450. Listen, four cubic listen, inches now. The the 454, and when I put my foot down on the gas, <laughs> that girl she purrs. Brandon hears it. Brandon's heard it. He knows, dude. Well, the first time I saw it completed when Chris Chris was rolling up the street with it in Ann Arbor and I heard the sound of it, I just I cracked up, dude. It's you know so, what's crazy is like look so at perfect for Chris and I, dude. It's amazing. <laughs> when it's I when so I drive my perfect. car, when I drive my car, I'm at noon, right? I'm at noon. But dude, when I drive this RV, it's like it's something about an RV. You're like, you're 10 and 2, both hands on the wheel, school bus driving it. It's just dude, RV. Life is different. It's for a different breed of people. And I feel like I'm finally starting to convert to RV guy now. I might get some boat shoes. I might get the, uh, what, are, what are the shorts with the, uh, the, the, the cargo shorts, the polo. I Nobody's got a hand RV job in cargo shorts since Nam, dude. <laughs> well, can you say that on here? I just, dude, I don't know. I'm married. Who, who's trying to get hand jobs now? We're 40. Dude, We're in our 40s. Dude, Mach 5 HJs, dude, those are, <laughs> those, those, are those are where it's at, dude. Still. Still. Yeah. I don't know what just So happened. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a 1999 Tiffin Allegro. <laughs> I don't know what just happened right there. This is a good question. It's it's honestly it's a God, I'm I'm making that a drop. That's what our Dude, we're an hour and 6 minutes in, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, weren't you worried that we might not make it the full? <laughs> I was worried. I was just like, well, hopefully there's a lot of questions we can answer because we don't have nothing else planned. Um, T Mac McLean, it's Colorado. Who wins between Colorado State and Hawaii? It's it's Colorado State. It's probably by like a Colorado State. Yeah, they were they weren't as bad as I thought. I mean, I know Michigan beat them by 44. Like it wasn't close, but they showed some. They showed some decent things in the running game. They showed some decent things with the pass rush. That quarterback's going to get better. That was his first game ever playing. It was, I mean, yeah. dude, talk about going into the Lions den. <laughs> that, that, what, a, what an outing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not the worst team in the country, and Hawaii's literally in that discussion. So, yeah, I think it would be, I think it would be Colorado State pretty easily. 
Um, all right. I'm going to have to jump all the way to the bottom, guys. I know I probably missed a bunch of stuff, but you guys are killing it. I, I cannot bring it, express bring it, bring it. How, how happy we are and how you know appreciative we are for the comments and the questions. I, I mean, dude, when me and Chris can hop on a show, and I know we had the Mike Hart discussion and we had some Cade and JJ stuff, but we literally could have started from Jump Street and taken questions and gone well over an hour, and that's because you guys are bringing it with the questions. So yeah. really, really do appreciate that. And uh, But as we approach an hour and 10 minutes, we probably got to Listen, I, I, I'm going to tell Brady Gallagher right now, listen, I don't intend to cook any meth in the RV, but if we don't get more sponsors, if we don't get more people watching our show, if we don't get more traction here, there's a good chance I'm going to end up living in that RV. And then obviously the next step, once you move into an RV, is to make meth in said RV. So we're only a couple bad decisions away, uh, Brady Gallagher. Help us out. Uh, all right, Chris. Just, I mean, do what you want with this. So Uncle Mike, that that's that's the coolest uncle. You, everybody's got the the cool badass uncle. That's Uncle Mike for me. He's also almost sixty. Uh, just throw it out there. He's my guy. Brandon gets green texts from Uncle Mike all the time. Do what you want with that, Chris. That's he's because cool shit, listen, but he's old. You know what? You know what? But listen, Uncle Mike runs a business. Uncle he Mike does. is a business guy. And people who are business people use Androids. <laughs> That's just the way it is. And so you can, you know, your special little connectors and all your little wires and cords and your Apple cult, whatever it is. I don't want that shit. Yeah. I don't want to be part of that life. I don't want to be part of Turtleneck Society. I'm good. That's right, Michigan man. Android gang. You sound. Till I die. Till I die. You sound. Walk into any gas station, I can get whatever I need from my phone right then and there for less than 20 bucks. You sound. You're trying real hard. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just going to say that. I love it, Rob. Mach 5 HJs, Mach 5 handies on a t shirt. I'll, well, I'll, I'll wear it. Well. Well, there, there'll be a couple guys wearing them in Ann Arbor, we know then. There'll be two of us. <laughs> there'll be, there'll be right. a couple. And I just. It was fun. Fun show. I'm starting to sweat. I'm starting to laugh a little too much. I'm saying things I shouldn't say. Perspiring during the show? Uh, I don't know if I'm glowing on the, on the camera, but I feel it on my back. Well. <laughs> SPS, dude, sweaty back syndrome. If you're out there, if you're, look, we need a hotline. If you're, if you're, do you also suffer from sweat? If Wait, is that arms of the angel? If you're 35 you and older, suffer and you're north back? of 200 pounds, <laughs> and you start sweating just from peeling an orange, you're not alone. Dude, I'll tell you what, there were a couple games that Brandon and I had to walk to the press box last year, and it wasn't a very big incline. It was a slight incline on our journey, but by the time we got up there, we were a couple of dead bodies. Have you have you ever been on vacation with your family and decided to opt out of an eight to ten minute walk because of what your shirt might look like when you got there? You're not alone. We're on, we're on an island with the football team. We did. We did decide not to make a journey strictly based on incline. Have you ever gone to a cookout when it's seventy-eight degrees and you were forced to leave early because your white T-shirt looked like Saran wrap? You're not alone. 
You're not alone. That's because Brandon's out there. <laughs> Sweating with you. <laughs> oh, all right. It's time to go, man. It's time to go. It's Wednesday night. I'm feeling good. I think that was a phenomenal show. Yeah. Yeah. Brady, Brady Hoke is feeling the end of that episode right there. I do, I do like hot dogs. Man, what a show. I don't, Chris, I don't know what the number is going to be. We always check it when we get done. The number of comments that we have. Are we going to yeah, hit a thousand? Solid. We might hit one thousand comments on this one. A lot of interaction, a lot of interaction. Always, always appreciative of it, man. It makes these shows so much fun, and it's really all we can say, man. We'll uh, we'll be back at it on Friday, dude. I'm. Are you going to sleep Friday night under the I mean, lights? I catch a few Z's, but I I am wow. excited, dude. I'm really excited about Saturday. We're going to be out there all day long. Obviously, JJ's first start. Everybody's super amped about it, just to see what it looks like. And yeah, dude, Friday's going to be a fun show. We'll we'll get into the predictions and some of the. Um, Antonio you know, Pritchett, the track list is coming. The track list is coming. I am working on it. I gotta cool off, dude. I gotta, I gotta get off of here. I'm gonna. Tr- I mean, Go maybe go eat. Pool, man. I don't have a pool, dude. Is your pool still open? That's yeah, still open. Come on over. All right. I don't think I'm gonna make that hour drive, but if I was a little closer, I might take you <laughs> up on that. Anyway, thank you so, so much, everybody, for bringing the yes, questions. Thank you. Got Appreciate it. An hour and 13 minutes long show just by yeah. answering your questions. So we really, really appreciate Incredible. that. We'll be back on Friday. Predictions, over-unders, uh, you know, get, place your bets, all the good stuff that we always do on a Friday show. Be another jam-packed one before our big pregame show on Saturday. The game itself, under the lights, and then the postgame show to talk about J.J. McCarthy's first start. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you on Friday. Take care.